0: all right everybody what is up welcome back to another week of the text lab from the green room at vintage grace church you are listening to the text lab podcast i'm here again with the one and only jake manfredi jake how is your
1: week going dude my week is good it's almost done which is cool almost so, done It's going it feels good, like though. fall out there it is very very cold i love the rain this week how about you man how's dude a, how's it's week? good
0: we, there's been a lot of candy floating around oh, yeah. from Halloween which means the kids are just going crazy on all yeah. level but it
1: actually wasn't for me which is weird I'm getting I'm getting older yeah you can come steal some from us we won't okay. miss it
0: but this is not a podcast about Halloween candy this it's is true. the text lab yeah. for our listeners who don't know where every single week we do a deep dive into the text to help you prepare for your life group this week. Our goal is simple, to help you be a disciple who makes disciples. So, whether you're leading a life group or just trying to do some deep dive on your own, we hope the Text Lab helps you have a meaningful study, reflection, and conversation about what God has said to us in His Word. Jake, take us into Romans
1: 3, 1 through 8, where we will be this week. Here we go. This is what it says. Then what advantage has the Jew, or what is the value of circumcision? Much in every way. To begin with, the Jews were entrusted with the oracles of God. What if some were unfaithful? Does their faithfulness nullify the faithfulness of God? By no means let God be true, though every one were a liar. As it is written, that you may be justified in your words and prevail when you are judged. Verse 5 goes on to say, But if our unrighteousness serves to show the righteousness of God, what shall we say? That God is unrighteous to inflict wrath on us? I speak in a human way by no means for then how could god judge the world but if through my lie god's truth abounds to his glory why am i still being condemned as a sinner and why not do evil that good may come as some people slanderously charge us with saying their condemnation is just
0: so much good stuff here paul continuing the conversation about circumcision jake
1: dude if bring it on man didn't Let's get, get go enough there. of that on, last week give me more
0: if you didn't get your oh do it yourself kit from last week uh you missed out on Sunday. Watch it back. Paul um you know this is an interesting passage of scripture. He has some very hypothetical arguments in in here that he's uh using to kind of make some key points and uh as Paul often does he will use long run-on sentences and often multiple different concepts that are plain off of each other, and he's doing that again. I think it's just kind of an overview of like what is going on in these verses. Paul's really talking to these Jewish listeners, um, and doing some very similar things to what he's done the last few weeks. All you can really read all of chapter Romans 1 through 3 um, as kind of this message to Jews and Gentiles alike saying, hey, you are a sinner. Yep. You need Jesus. If you're getting depressed at this part in the Romans series, hang good. in there. Good,
1: you should be. No, just kidding.
0: <laughs> Jesus is coming very soon in the book of Romans, which is good news for everyone. Yeah. Um, but well, really, he's, he's he's making this point that they, even though the Jews have been chosen, they are still in need of Christ. Um, they're the chosen people of God. And no matter what though, even though they're the chosen people of God, there's been lots of times throughout Israel's history that they were faithless to God, but God still remained faithful. Even in their unfaithfulness, he is still faithful. And he's really making a point in these verses that That's something that cannot change, will not change, and that actually isn't about the Jews. It's actually about God's glory and him looking great um, to all people, to all nations. That's the reason behind his faithfulness um, to the Jews, the chosen people of God. Um, It was because God, God is faithful and will remain faithful all of the time.
1: Yeah, and that's so good because we can't read Romans outside of the rest of the Bible, right? We have to have that whole Bible storyline of saying, okay, we got to know the Old Testament. We have to know where these Israelites and Jews have come from so that we can understand, man, God uses some really messed up people. Mm. And then we take that and we say— yeah, okay, I point the finger back at myself yeah. and say, like, thank goodness he's using me as well.
0: Yeah, the, this this passage of Romans really almost reads like a genealogy of some of the Gospels, or even as you look at maybe the book of Genesis, and it's kind of, I think, the main point of some of these texts is just look at all these people who were unfaithful and broken and messed up, but God was still faithful even in the midst of that. And it's really what he's establishing to Romans to his primarily Jewish Christians now, um, to look back at their history and the same thing applies they have been unfaithful but God has been faithful because if you've ever played dodgeball Jake yeah, and uh, you know maybe I wonder if you would have been picked at the top of the lineup to be on a dodgeball team they would have looked at you and said "You know, yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: I want Jake on my
0: dodgeball team this is a little bit different for the Jews in, in dodgeball you're choosing someone because you think they're going to help you win that's not why God chose the Jews they weren't special is not why he chose them, Um, but they were special because he chose them. But there's a difference there between them being special that God chose them versus them becoming special because God chose him. And Paul is really making this clear to them again over and over again. You were not chosen because you were special, but it's because of the significance of what God has done to you that now something has happened. And the same is just true for us every single day to remember that.
1: Yeah, and that's grace, right? Like, as we look at ourselves, as we see what grace is, it's like undeserved favor from God. And that has to be where we sit, is that in that humility of saying, like, I actually do not deserve this. I do not deserve to be chosen by God, but he has. And so now how do I live in that truth of saying, that, like, no, I don't deserve God's grace, but I have it. So where do we go from here, you know?
0: Yep, and I and I think it really is just remembering uh, the depth of our our desperate dependence on him every single day. I th- even as you look at through the Old Testament narrative, uh, as you look at what Paul is saying to them now, there's just this continual emphasis on not forgetting um, who you have been, who you are now, and what God has done. They would do that um, over and over again throughout the Old Testament. Uh, the different different things to make sure that they didn't forget who they've been, and what God has done. And I think the same is, is true for us. We get in trouble when we forget how desperate dependent we are. We get in trouble when we think that we're a lot better than we are. Uh, that's when we're more prone to sin. That's when our pride comes out, uh, when we start feeling that we don't need God at the same levels uh, as we truly are. And so I think really the same argument that he's making to them is for us to to receive for ourselves as we are truly desperate dependent on Jesus so much and to never forget that. And he does kind of this unique hypothetical argument in the middle of these verses. If you're looking at Romans 5 through 8, he kind of, and even 4 through 8, he brings up this hypothetical argument that has a lot to do with the diamond and the black cloth that Drew talked about over the last few weeks, where they start to say, well, you know what, If, if our black cloth makes the diamond shine even brighter, Well, isn't that actually a good thing? Isn't that good? Why are we still judged if the Black Cloth makes the diamond shine in verse 7. Why am I still being condemned as a sinner? Paul basically just says that's a very stupid argument. Um, he, <laughs> he basically just says their condemnation is just if you're making that he argument.
1: not refute. He's just like, stop. stop.
0: Don't yeah, stop. just just stop talking about that. But if, the way that he does refute that is he says, uh, let God be true in every person. A liar. He's talking about that God is true all of the time, that God is faithful all of the time, that he is sovereign all of the time, that he he sits on the throne and that he rules and reigns just continually, which really leads us to a point of worship when we really? recognize that about God.
1: Yeah, 100%. That's And really, any time we look at God, it should result in worship and reverence and mm. awe. Um, in in how we go about our days. And I think that's what we're really trying to accomplish in life groups as well as you're leading this week is like, how do we get our people to see the greatness of God, the, the, maybe the evilness of our sin and his response to us and let that result in worship. So I don't know how that changes our time or if it does at all in life groups this week, but like if there's a time of worship available, um, Mm. We should be taking it. Yep. And and then moving into like what our lives look like on a day-to-day personal basis. Um, we live with this humility and this desperate dependence and, and clinging fast to our yeah. our black felts because we need to understand, shoot, I don't deserve this. I don't mm. deserve the very breath in my lungs. Yep. Um, and so may that breath then turn into praise as, as I'm. Meeting people as I'm talking with people, the baristas, at yep. the gym, anywhere I go, um, may God's gracious flow through yeah. me in worship.
0: Yeah, it's so good. There was a question that came up in our live group this last week that I thought was so good that we kind of started talking about, like, when was the moment that you really recognized that you were desperate dependent? Like, what what was, like, the first time that you really realized, like, oh, man, like, I'm a sinner? <laughs> this yeah. is really bad news, <laughs> yeah. which means that there's really good news that's there as well. It's like, it's like I, I think there's always— for most of us, an in initial time that maybe you first recognize that and that's a key part of often our stories and journeys with Christ. And I think what we're trying to do is just remember that every single day at the same time. So maybe that's even just a question to talk about in your group this week, like when when was the first time that for each person in your group that they recognized their utter desperate dependence and that they recognize, I- I'm going to be judged by a righteous God. And that is a really scary thing without Christ. And I think that's what Paul here, he's setting them up. He's just continuing to set them up. Romans 4 through 8 is coming. Romans 3 through 8 is coming. That Really, okay, we're going to uh, be able to recognize the greatness of Christ now that we've recognized the greatness of our our desperate dependence um, that's fully on him. And I think that's where joy comes into this picture. Yep. Right. Like when we talk about sin, we talk about it as like settling for lesser joys. And it's only when you recognize your desperate dependence and you recognize actually the lie that sin is uh, that you can recognize true and real joy in Christ. That joy that comes in recognizing our weakness, joy that comes in receiving God's grace. And then ultimately joy that comes in Christ and in Christ alone that alone, that, that Jesus is enough, that, are, that there is greater joy in Jesus more than anything else, which is where Paul Paul is ultimately pointing them to go to find that joy in Jesus.
1: Yeah, totally. And then when I look at my own life, you know what I mean. I see that thankfulness, and I see, um, man, I I heard a while ago when I was you know kind of coming up in the Christian world and starting to accept Jesus, you know, uh, in my past, and people would say, yeah, you just need to preach the gospel to yourself every day. And mm. I'm like, cool, man. I'm I don't, know. yeah, all right. What is that? What is the gospel? <laughs> How do I do that? And Um, Listen to
0: a sermon every day. Yeah, that sounds like a lot of
1: work. I don't want to, you know. But what it's kind of turned into for me is asking that question of when did I realize I was desperate and dependent and then recognizing, shoot, when I look at my sin and I see God's reaction and what he actually does to step in and save me from there, the greater I can recognize the depth and the height of his grace and my sin. Um, Man, that is preaching the gospel to myself every day. And so I think... Applying this text to my life is like, dude, I need to look at my black felt and be super, super thankful and let that thankfulness and that joy of desperate dependence um, flow into everything I do every day.
0: Because that and changes how you live 100%. every single day. Suddenly, things start to find their right place in the kind of order of our lives when we are recognizing that, when that's the main thing and everything else is secondary to that, um, it actually fills all of life then with actual joy. You have this perspective change on all of these different
1: things. Start seeing grace in everything. You know what I mean? Rather than like, oh, man, I wish I had this. I wish I had this. It's like, dude, I don't deserve to be alive. <laughs> like, I have breath in my lungs. Yeah. Yeah. And and like, look at my family and look at these different things that are – it's just a lens. It's a perspective that, that you have now of understanding, like, I should have been separated from Christ, mm-hmm. but now mm-hmm. I'm not. Yeah. I have this – Adoption relationship with my father. Yeah. Crazy. And
0: everything else starts to become trivial then compared to that. We just sold our car last night because yeah. it was just a money pit and yeah. taking way <laughs> yep. too much money to keep getting this car fixed. So if you see me walking around randomly yeah, around Elbron you right, Hills, or Folsom, just looking lost. Just point <laughs> I'll take me a, a th- bike. I'll take, take a, scooter. a bike, <laughs> scooter. Point me in the right direction. But, you know, it becomes this, like, hassle and I'm reminded in the moment that, like, I'm starting to get frustrated. I'm starting to get bothered. That's like, oh, this this just doesn't mean anything in light of the kingdom. This car is actually just a bridge for gospel relationships and conversations and pray watch relationships. Mm-hmm. Um, all of this is God's, anyways. It's 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 recognizing that main thing is the main thing that you just were talking about. Of, uh, the, my desperate dependence and what Christ has done. That's what it's all about. Everything else is secondary to that. It just keeps us focused on the right things, on Christ, um, just as we live every day. And then you can live in a continual thankfulness for the gospel, uh, walking with Jesus in that every single day. I think, I think for me, I think about just receiving that um, grace that God has given us, that leads to that thankfulness, that leads to that joy, to really to recognize my desperate dependence, and then to also actually to receive God's grace that washes over us to fully embrace that as a core identity piece of who we are. I'm desperate, dependent, and I'm a a sinner who's been forgiven, and Christ now lives in me, and he is now working. Um, There's a prayer I like to, uh, to try and pray most mornings is just very basic when I wake up in the morning, like, Jesus, I have nothing apart from you today. Like, I feel that with my kiddos, too, and getting out of bed, like, when they're waking you up and stuff, but it's like, okay, Jesus, I have nothing apart from you today, and then also, Jesus, today, I'm fully accepted, fully loved, um by you. Christ, you live in me today. Christ, I'm covered in you. Just kind of reminding yourself of these core pieces of the gospel, centering yourself in the gospel and in who Christ is and what he has done every single day. And I think that's how you live in continual thankfulness, how you live in continual worship, how you really live in continual joy in Jesus um, by remaining focused and centered on the gospel every single moment of every single day. Hey, well, Whether you are working out at the gym, cleaning the house, mowing the lawn, doing whatever you like to do while you listen to podcasts, thanks for joining us. We hope you feel equipped, encouraged, and ready to walk through the text with your group this week.
1: And as always, do your own prep. Let the Spirit lead you and know that you are one who is sent by God this week to your family, your school, your work, and your coffee shop, to the gym and to soccer practice. Wherever your Pray Watch community might be and wherever God invites you to go, you are sent to be the living proof of our love.
0: We love you all. We'll catch you next time on the text.